And um, we're excited about all that God is doing. We're going to go ahead and jump right into our message this morning. We're still in our Get in the Current series. Um, and I've been enjoying sharing these things with you. For some of you, you know this, some of you do, some of you don't. But this, uh, this idea of getting in the current really came from when I was a kid and my first youth group activity and kind of getting swept away in a current and knowing that that current can be strong and can be a little bit scary. But at the same time, I believe that God is desiring us to get into these currents and he's going to bring us to new places and new things when we do that. So uh, we're going to jump right in. But before we do, let's go ahead and pray over the message. Father, we love you and we thank you for this time. Father, I pray that you would just use me in this moment. God, speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. But before we uh, kind of get into the message, into your notes this morning, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Now, I am very, very nice. I am not um, mean like the teachers I had growing up. I am actually going to give you the answers, and I am going to tell you what the answers are. You actually have three choices. It's kind of like a multiple choice test, I guess. And I'm going to give you all three answers, but I want to ask you uh, a question. Now, the answers first, okay, are bad, okay, or great okay so you're going to answer these questions with one of those three answers okay so here we go question number one and I, it's going to be a blank it's going to be fill in the blank okay so i'll say blank and then you can fill in uh bad okay or great here we go do you want a blank marriage do you want a blank marriage okay got that answer okay good next one do you want a blank family Blank family, okay? Remember, your answers are bad, okay, or great. Question, next question, number three. Do you want blank relationships? Okay, blank relationships, okay? This is a very short test, by the way, so nobody, nobody freak out. And then the last question, number four. Do you want a blank church? Do you want a blank church? Okay. Now, pencils down, even though I don't think anyone is actually using those, but I always wanted to say that because that was always a scary word to hear when you were taking Scantron tests when I was growing up. Pencils down. So what's your answers? Obviously, I don't know what your answers are, but I hope that your answer was great. I hope that you said, you know what? I want a great marriage. I want a great family. I want a great church. I want great relationships. I want all these things. Well, this morning, what we're going to be talking about, and we're going to start into your notes here, is getting in the current of greatness. Getting in the current of greatness. And our text this morning is found in Matthew 23. Because some of you may be going, oh, wait, 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 what, what are you talking about greatness? What, what is this all about? Well, let's look at it. It's Matthew 23, looking at verses 11 through 12. This is what Jesus says. He says, the greatest among you must be a servant. So let's stop there and let's look at the wording here that Jesus is using because I think it's important. It doesn't say that you can be a servant. It doesn't say you should be a servant. It doesn't say those things. It says if you are going to be the greatest, you must be a servant. You must be a servant. So here's the thing. If you answered on my little test, if you said, you know what, I want a great marriage. I want great this. I want great that. That's awesome. That's great. I want to explain to you how you're going to get to that greatness. Because it's not my idea. It's not the world's idea. It's here Jesus is expressing what we need to do if we want those things. 
if we want those things. So let's continue on in verse number 12. It says, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You see, the issue that we have, if you really look at it, is the world has a view of greatness, the world has a view of success, and God has a different view. He sees it differently. And the problem that we have a lot of times is we will look at what the world says is greatness, what the world says is success, what the world says is what you want. And sometimes those things can be in conflict with each other because Jesus here is saying the exact opposite. He's saying, listen, if you want to be great, if you want to have great relationships, if you want to have a great marriage, if you want greatness in your life, it starts with being a servant. It starts with being a servant. Look at your nose. This is important that we catch this. Normally, people estimate greatness by how many people serve and honor them. Jesus reminds his followers, that's us, that in his kingdom it should be different and that we should estimate greatness by how we serve and honor others. How we serve and honor others. You see... We shouldn't be interested in what the world thinks greatness is. We shouldn't look at our lives and go, am I great or successful or this or that based on the world's standards because the world's standards are not God's standards. God here is saying something completely different. I've often said this, and I want you to hear kind of my heart behind this, because I do not believe that, you know, I don't want you to be like, oh, he's heresy. I'm not saying this, but, but if, if in heaven, I don't think there necessarily is, but just follow me here. Okay, You know, like in, in our world today, we have sections of town that you would look at and you'd go, oh, that's the, that's the nice section of town. You know, that's, that's where people have a lot of things and, and things of that nature. And then you have another section of town that may be a little more run down. Um, sometimes we'll even say, well, that's on the other side of the tracks and things like that. I don't believe heaven has those types of things, okay? But if they do, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of pastors. I'm just being honest with you. A lot of pastors in the really grit, glitzy section of heaven. You know who's going to be, I think, in the glitzy section of heaven? Those, those Sunday school teachers who taught me and, and, and you in, in complete and total obscurity, who year after year after year poured into the hearts of kids and to me and to you. You know, some of these guys, oh, massive churches, you know, they're doing great things. I'm not throwing rocks at them. But you know what? In some ways, kind of Jesus talked about that. They've kind of gotten their reward a little bit. But people like that, that are basically just servants, that just serve continuously, I think are, going, are, are really, when we look at greatness, that's who we need to emulate, that's who we need to see. But more than that, more than that, the best individual, obviously, that we need to look at is Jesus. Jesus understood this concept, and Jesus didn't just understand it and say it. Jesus modeled it for us. So we are going to look at a scripture that a lot of us have seen before, and I want to challenge you to do something with me. This is one of those passages of scripture. Okay, well, this is, okay, we're going to talk about this. I get that. But I do believe God wants to show us some new things in this. But I think it's important that we follow Jesus' steps to greatness. 
He gave us a perfect illustration, a basically a living parable of what this looks like. And we're going to look at it together. We're going to read the section of scripture together. And then we're going to break it down and look at some steps that Jesus can show us and that we can follow into that greatness. So let's look at John 13. In John 13, 1 through 5, it says this. Before the Passover celebration... Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. This is a big story. This is one of those living parables that Jesus gives us, not just so we can look at and say, oh, okay, well, I see how this person is, and I see how that represents this. This is a parable that Jesus is giving us that he has asked us to emulate. We'll look at that in just a second, but this is an important understanding here. This is Jesus taking us step by steps into a life of greatness, which a life of greatness is a life of servanthood. It's a life of servanthood. So we're going to look at each little thing that I feel like is important that we catch. And these are in your notes, so follow along with me. But the first step is Jesus understood the time. Jesus understood the time. John 13, 1a talks about how Jesus knew his hour had come. He was getting ready to leave. Listen, we need to understand the times. We need to understand. Jesus is looking at it here going, listen, I don't have a lot of time left. I'm getting ready to offer myself as a sacrifice for all of humanity. He realized time was short. You know what I found sometimes when it comes to servanthood? It's this idea, I'll do it tomorrow. When I'm good at this, then I'll do it. Or when I'm in the right mood or the right frame of mind or when things aren't so busy, then I'll do it. Listen, Jesus understood time was short. Folks, if you haven't understood this yet, time is getting short. I don't know how short it is. I have people come up to me, well, uh, are we getting close? And the answer is, of course we're getting close. Every day that goes by, we're getting closer. There's less time today than there's ever been before Christ's return. And one of the ways that we can understand that is to be busy, to be about our Father's work. To understand that one of the ways that we do that, one of the powerful ways that we do that is we serve one another. We serve each other. Not just those in the church, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, but, but understanding that it is time today to begin to make a difference in the hearts and the lives of people that God has placed in our path. So Jesus understood that. He was well aware of the time. We don't want to be followers of Christ who don't know what time it is. Okay? It's important. Number two, Jesus understood how to love deeply. He understood how to love deeply. He understood that it was more than just a word. 
Jesus here had loved these men. He had walked with them for three years. He had poured himself out. And you know what? We could all, we could, we could all look back and said, you know what? He loved them enough. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm going to take it one step further. You know what's amazing about love? This is a wonderful thing about it. Okay? There's not a limit. There's not a place where I could look at my wife and say, you know what? I loved you enough. I've done it all. There's, I can continually grow in love. I continually can show her more and more and more love. And you know what's awesome about that? She can do the same for me. And Jesus here understood, you know what? I don't want my love to just be words. I want it to be something deep. I want it to be something powerful. I want it to be something tangible that you can hang on to. Jesus here is making a memory with them that's very powerful. When I was in Bible college, I, I started my freshman year, and my freshman year, we, we got, like we do it every year, we got some new professors in our, in our school. And one of the professors we got was a, was a, a new gentleman, and his name was uh, uh, Brother Bradley. That's, we, all, we called all our, all our professors brother and sister, unless they were doctor. And, you know, but anyway, we would call him Brother Bradley. His name was Brother Bradley. And, and one of my very first classes was Brother Bradley's first class. And we were in New Testament survey together. And, and I remember being in there like the first couple of days. And like I said, he'd never taught this class before. And I remember he asked the entire class, there's a bunch of freshmen in there. It's a freshman level class. And he says, okay, well, this is my first time. I'm, I'm looking at putting tests together and all that sort of stuff. Everybody groaned, of course. And he said, okay, um, how many of you would prefer you know, like true or false, multiple choice tests. And I think literally every individual in that classroom raised their hand. Now, I don't know why he continued on, because at that point it was very clear what kind of tests they were interested in. But then he said, now how many of you would rather prefer like an essay test or like that? Well, when I was in high school, I did a lot more essay tests than I did of those other kinds. So I slowly raised my hand up. And everybody kind of turns, you know, you've seen that in movies or whatever. It's like the one weirdo, you know, everybody turns around and looks at him. And Brother Bradley kind of looks at me like, okay, that's, that's, that's the weird one I need to be aware of, you know. And so we, we got through class, it was over, and he didn't even know my name. And I'm walking out, and he said, he said uh, sir, sir, and I'm like, uh, yeah, what did I do wrong? I've just started school, I'm already getting thrown out. He says, uh, can I talk to you for a second? I said, yeah, yeah, what's, what's up? He said, uh, you seem to be the only one that wanted an essay test. I said, well, I kind of grew, in high school, I did a lot more essay tests and things like that. And he says, he says okay, he says, um, you think maybe you and I could start meeting once in a while? And I said, no, I, I don't know if I like that. You know, I'm like, well, he's like, oh, no, we just, I just want to talk. I just want to hang out. You know? and, and basically, it started a four-year relationship where he mentored me and cared for me and 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 things like that and I remember I was getting ready to graduate it was like the night before my graduation and he called me to his office and I walk in and you know by this time we were very close and 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 all this sort of things he taught me in other classes and and I sat down and he didn't really say anything he just walked in he said I'll be right back and he walked out and he came back with a bowl of water and he washed my feet and, and, and I'll be honest with you, it was very uncomfortable. It was very like, I don't, you know, stop. You're, you're my professor. You, you, you should, you know, I was almost playing Peter, if you know the story, you know. And, and, and he, he kind of just looked at me and he kind of gave me a look like, Aaron, you need to just shut up and let me do this. And he stopped and afterwards he dried my feet and he looked at me and he said, you're going out to be a pastor of people.
people. What I just did for you, you need to do for them. And he had loved me before, but now he was loving me to a deeper level. And I never forgot that. I always remember that. I always think, when I think of him, I think of that moment. And Jesus understood that about his disciples. You can actually see in some of their writings later on, they almost hearken back to this moment where Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to show you the depth of my love, the depth of it. Number three, Jesus understood he needed to serve everyone. He needed to serve everyone. In John 13, 2, it talks about that. It says, basically, it mentions Judas. It mentions Judas. It mentions that Judas is going to betray him. We all know the story. We also know that Peter is going to deny him three times. This, you know, and that every single one of these disciples is going to run away. And you know what? Jesus knows these things, and he washes their feet anyway. And you know what I found, and I will only speak for me, but I got a feeling I'm not the only one. But there's this attitude or this idea that I will wash people's feet who are worthy to have their feet washed. Or people that I look up and I look up to. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus knows that these guys are going to turn on him. They're going to rebel. They're going to run away. They're going to betray him with a kiss. And what does he do? It doesn't matter. He kneels down and he washes every single one of their feet. Jesus didn't look at it and go, you deserve it. He didn't look at it and say, you're worthy. He said, I'll serve you all, every single one. And so you need to understand something, because I know we deal with this a lot, where people will go, well, I'll wash this person's feet because they haven't hurt me. I'll wash this person's feet. I'll serve this individual because, well, they like me and I like them. Jesus is calling us to be great, and to be great means that we serve those that, are, that basically have hurt us. We love the unlovable. We serve the ones that really, quite honestly, don't deserve to be served. We wash their feet. We care for them. Because you know what? I really believe that's something that really will show the maturity of somebody's walk with Jesus. It's easy to wash the feet and serve the ones that we look up to. It's harder for those that we, let's be honest, we look down to. They're not worthy of it. But Jesus did it anyway. He washed every single foot in that place. Next, Jesus understood, and this is an important one, who he was. Who he was. John 13, 3, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he would come from God and would return from God. Jesus understood who he is. Why sometimes do we have a hard time serving? Why sometimes do we have a hard time embracing the greatness that God has called us to? Because we don't know who we are. And we're afraid because we look at the world to define us. We look at the world to say this is what we're worth or this is what we're not worth based on criteria that is not a biblical criteria for greatness. And so we'll look at each other and go, well, I, I can't do that. They'll think less of me. They'll think I'm, I'm, I'm below them. But Jesus understood who he was. He understood that he was from God, that God loved him, that God had a plan for him, that he had authority. 
Well, guess what? We are given as Christ's followers the same authority, but we don't necessarily walk in it. Why? Because a lot of times we look at the world to define us, or our wife or our husband to define us, or our kids to define us, when really what we need to understand is God defines us. The Creator defines you and me, not others. And if you want greatness, if you want to really come to a place where you can serve everyone, you've got to understand who you are. You've got to know you are a child of God. And when you can do that, you can find that this type of situation can become so much more greater and so much, really, somewhat easier. But if you don't know who you are, you are going to have a hard time serving. You will. Okay? You will. Next, this is an important one. Jesus understood that he had to leave a place of rest and comfort. Rest and comfort. Now, you gotta, you gotta, I got to give you the context here. What's going on in this room? It's, it's really simple. They're, they're getting ready to have Passover. They're in this room. They're, they're seated at basically a table that looks uh, from the top, if this will help you, um, you know, some. I think this will help us a little bit better. Imagine the letter E without the middle from the top looking down, okay? So it kind of looks like that, basically. And basically, these guys would, it was low, it was about the size or about the height of a coffee table, okay? And they would recline at this table. Their feet were away, thank goodness, and you know, because they're nasty. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But they're reclining here. They're on pillows. They're resting. They're enjoying the moment, I remember this week, I, I had been at work, and, and I was working, and all this sort of stuff, and, and I remember we, I came home, and I was tired, and I was wore out, and I remember I sat down on the couch, Emily's sitting on the chair, I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm sitting there, I'm just like, oh, it's just so nice to sit down, it's just so nice to rest, it's so nice, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's 5.30, and it's time to feed the dogs, and now dinner needs to be made, and I remember just sitting there going like, maybe we just, maybe, maybe the whole house could just begin a fast tonight. You know, the dogs go on a fast, you know, Easton, Em and I go on a fast, because I just didn't want to get up to help. And Emily's getting up, and I'm like, okay, I need to go up and, and help with dinner and, and, and help Easton feed the dogs and all this. And I just remember sitting there going, you know what, I really like this place that I'm in. But it was time to get up. It was time to leave that place of rest and comfort and begin to serve. And a lot of times we can get really, really comfortable and restful in the position that we're in. Now hear me, I believe there are times where God has called us to be in a place of rest and comfort and, and, and take a break. That I think is biblical and important, okay? But I think just like there's a time where that begins, there's also a time where that ends. And we need to understand that. Because I think for some of us, we get comfortably numb in the place that we are. When God has said, you know what? It's time to be great. It's time to begin to serve. It's time to be a part of that. Next, Jesus understood the importance of preparing. He understood the importance of preparing. Jesus got up. He took off his robe. He wrapped a towel around his waist. He poured water into a basin. What is he doing? He's getting ready to serve. It's, sometimes we think we can just, it's just going to magically take place and I'm going to begin to serve. No, sometimes there is steps that we have to take to prepare ourselves for service to each other. 
How, how well of a, of a message could I give if basically I just showed up on a Sunday morning, opened the Bible, closed my eyes, went bonk, and then started to go, okay, oh, goodness gracious, I'm in Leviticus. What do I do? We've got to prepare. We have to be ready to prepare. Okay? And here's the thing. God can prepare you through your situations and your circumstances. God can help you get ready by what you're dealing with in your life today. God can get you ready by, by when you spend time with him, preparing, getting ready to serve. It's not necessarily a situation where it's necessarily like me, where I have to sit down and open things and look at things. It's, it's sometimes a situation where God will use all of these things to prepare us. But we have to understand to get ready. we got to get ready. The final one I want to talk about is Jesus understood his need to get his hands dirty. He understood he needed to get his hands dirty. 13, uh, John 13, 5b. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around them. Okay, obviously it, it sounds simple, but we got to remember this. Okay, the, these guys wore sandals. They they walked on the dirt, and I always hear that. Oh, they walked in the dirt. Yes, I yes, that is completely true. But let's remember something. Okay, if this will help you, this is kind of how I always think about it. Um, this is kind of like the old Wild West. There are animals about. They are taken in the streets where people are walking. Do I need to expound on this anymore? Meaning, there's more than dirt they're walking in. And I don't know about you, but I have been in a cow pasture before, and as much as I would love to miss the little landmines, eventually I'm going to find one. So these guys are not just walking around in the dirt. Their feet are not just filthy from the dirt. They're literally filthy from the manure that is in the streets that they're walking in. And so they walk in. They get sat down. There's somebody that's supposed to wash their feet. It doesn't happen. So what Jesus do? He looks and he goes, oh my goodness, we need to do this. And he goes and he begins to prepare himself. He gets ready. And then he takes these nasty, gross feet. Okay, I don't know about you, but feet to me are gross. They stink. They smell. They're, I, and, well, maybe my feet are the only ones that do that. But yeah, they're, just, they're, just not the most, they're not the most pleasant part of the body. I'd rather wash your hands. But Jesus here washes their feet. He understands that they're going to get dirty. And here's the thing you've got to understand. As Jesus is washing their feet, his hands are getting dirty. He's getting in there and he's washing those, those feet off. He's getting that dirt. He's getting that grime. He's getting all that stuff washed away. A lot of times we will be willing to serve if it doesn't cost us anything or if we can stay pristine. And that's just not what Jesus has shown us. That is not the model that we see. So Jesus does this. He makes this statement, this powerful visual statement. And then in John 13, 12, he speaks to his disciples. So we're going to look at John 13, 12 through 15. It says this, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked. Okay. Now here's what I want us to do. I want us to try to turn ourselves away from 2020. And I want us to try to go a little, like, get into our little time machine and travel back to this moment. I want us to have Jesus not ask the disciples this question, but ask us. Because in some ways, in a spiritual way, Jesus has washed all of us. He's humbled himself to the point of being born in a feeding trough. 
so that he could make a way for us. So this is a very powerful question, and we need to look at it together. So this is what Jesus says. Do you understand what I was doing? Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. Okay, That's what I am. Verse 14. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Now I want you to look at the very end of verse 15. It does not say, do as I have done to you if you feel like it. It does not say, do as I have done to you if you believe you are overly qualified for whatever thing God is calling you to do. This is not a suggestion, folks. Okay? This is a command. This is Jesus saying, I have shown you very, very clearly what this looks like. We have taken time and gone through, and there's, listen, there's more than what I could come up with in this section where Jesus says, listen, you need to do this. Why is this important? Because it's love that we're showing to one another. It's love that we're showing to the world. And Jesus quite honestly looked at his disciples and he said, the world will know you are who you say you are. They'll know that you are a disciple of mine by the love you show one another. And here Jesus is giving us a perfect illustration, an understanding to go, here is how you can love one another. Listen, it is great to tell each other that we love each other. It's awesome. I think that's important and it's valuable. But at some point, there needs to be another step and there needs to be action taken. Jesus could have said, you know what? I love you. I think you guys are great and leave their feet dirty. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus said, I love you and I'm going to show you the full extent of how much I love you. And he got down and he got away from a table. Now let's remember something. He's going to give his life for us within like 24, 48 hours of this moment. Can you not believe that Jesus had some things on his mind? Oh, Aaron, I can't, I can't, I'm too busy. I got too much going on. Jesus didn't let that be an excuse. Jesus is getting ready to offer himself as a ransom for all of mankind. And he still says, no, I'm going to take this moment. I'm going to love them. I'm going to serve them. I'm going to take care of them. And it's a beautiful thing. So, I know that when you have a message like this, sometimes our heads begin to spin and you're, okay, well, do I need to go to Africa? Do I listen, listen, listen. If God calls you to go to Africa, you go to Africa. Okay? But I want to take a, a step back. Because sometimes we allow those, those thoughts to keep us from doing what we can do today. So what I want to do is I want to give you three things that we can start today to get into the current of greatness. Three things that we can do right now. You don't, you don't have to wait till the next missions trip. You don't have to. You can do these starting right now. Before you leave, you can commit yourself to these things. Okay? So that's what I wanted to do as we kind of bring this to a close. Number one. Number one, I think this is a big one. Desire a towel not a title. Desire a towel, not a title. Okay? 
Because, because a lot of times that's what we want. Because we have forgotten what greatness is. We have forgotten that God's view of these things and man's view of these things are different. Jesus didn't ask for a title. He didn't sit there and say, you know what? I'm the, I'm, I'm the son of God. I am the I am. I am the greatest. I am all these things. You guys need to get up and wash my feet. He didn't. He grabbed a towel. He grabbed a towel. And it's important that we catch that. Mark 10, 45 says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Do you know what that really says? Let, let, me, let me put it in the, you know, the AJNV version, okay? This is what that means. If Jesus came to serve, the Son of God came to serve, you have no excuse not to serve. Zero. Zero. And listen, I know the excuses. I have used them myself. And I get convicted when I read that too because I know at times, well, I don't want to do that. I'd rather sit in my chair. I don't want to go do that. But you know what? Jesus here shows us that his example is we are about our Father's business. But it's not about a title. It's not about that. It's about understanding that we need to embrace our towel that towel that may include doing something that is pretty humbling. To wash somebody's feet in this time was a humbling thing. The lowest servant did this. In fact, what's interesting is in the teacher-rabbi-student-disciple relationship, the rabbi could not even ask the students to wash his feet. That was taboo. That was, like, that was below the student. But here Jesus, as teacher, as master, washes their feet. He's not wrapped up in his title. He's wrapped up in serving and loving others. So don't be so wrapped up in a title. Get your towel. Next, and I really want to focus on this one. Serving starts with those closest to you. Serving starts with those closest to you. Look at 1 Timothy 5.8. It says, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, some of the translations I saw said, it said their own family, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Now listen, I understand this situation. Oh, here he is. He wants us to help in the church. Yeah, okay, yeah, obviously. We, want, we need help. We need people that are going to serve. That is obviously important. But listen, hear me here. It starts in your home. You want a better marriage? Serve your spouse. You want a better relationship with your kids? Serve your kids. Kids, you want a better relationship with mom and dad? Serve your mom and dad. You want a better church? serve. You want a great relationship with, with co-workers and friends? Serve one another. Love one another. But it starts in the home. It starts with those that are closest to you. So here's what I would ask you to do. If you're married, if you're married, you need to begin the process of serving your spouse. If you go, well, I am. Awesome. Go even further. Find another way. Find another level to serve each other. 
If you have kids, figure out ways to serve your kids. If you're, if you're a kid, find out ways to serve your parents. Find out ways to honor your parents. Find out ways that you can serve your teachers or your, or your employee. How you can serve your boss. If you are in charge of people, you're the boss. How you can serve and take care of your employees. Yes, we need help. Every, there's, I've never seen a church that would look at people and say, you know what, I want to serve. I've never seen a single church go, you know, we're kind of good. We're, you know, we'll find something. Every church will. And I don't want to say that I'm not focused on that because I think that is important. But I also know that, quite honestly, what's going to make the biggest impact is marriages that are healed and relationships that are restored, and relationships brought back together. And one of the ways that happens is how we serve and take care of one another. The last one, if the worship team wants to come up, we're going to close. As we grow in the Lord, we grow in our service. As we grow in the Lord, we grow in our service. First Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift. Now let's stop and let's look at that. God has given each of you, not some of you, each of you. So if you can hear my voice, whether you're online today or 10 years from now, or you're here, that each of you means us. That means you. You, you can't, uh, I don't have a gift. No, no, no. We've been given a gift, each of us, from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Once again, a wonderful thing. You have variety. What you're good at, I may not be so good at. That's great. God knows and God has a plan. Use them well to serve one another. Well, how do you use a gifting well? It's real simple. You use it and you grow in that gifting. You use it and you grow in that gift. I'll use myself as an example. I remember when I was in uh, high school and I thought God had called me into the ministry and was not happy about that situation. And I remember speaking um, in front of my youth group and, and I mean, oh, it was a train wreck. You know, it's one of those things, I'm going to speak for two hours and 400 people are going to get saved. I think I spoke for, for three minutes and, and it was a mess. Well, as I've grown, hopefully, hopefully, in that, I've become a better servant in preparing and presenting God's Word to you. See, a lot of us want to serve, but we're not willing to grow in Jesus to be used in the full capacity that He wants. So one of the reasons that we grow, one of the reasons that we do that is not so that we can get a bunch of spiritual gifts and sit on our spiritual high horse and go, wow, look at me. It's so that we can help and better serve each other. And not just people here, but our spouses and our kids and our co-workers and our teachers. And basically this, anybody that you come in contact with, you're in the line at Target. You're sitting there and you're, you're, you're being very good and you're, you're six feet apart, you're, 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 you're staying the tape's distance away. And somebody drops things and they're just all over the place. And you don't just sit there and go. You get down on your hands and knees and you begin to help. You go, Aaron, is that really that big of a deal? Yeah, it really is. Because we live in a world today that has so few people that are willing to serve one another. Why? Because they bought into the lie that greatness is how you serve me. 
I'm awesome. I'm all that. So you serve me. When God says, no, 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 no. You want to be great? You want to have great things in your life? You want to have great relationships? You serve. You serve. So look, you may say, well, that was kind of an interesting way to look at it. Well, you know, a lot of times pastors talk about service and we forget what's attached to it. And Jesus is promising something here. He says, if you'll serve, you'll be great. You'll be great. And you know what? We all want great. We all want great. But it takes us being willing to humble ourselves get down in front of those who have dirty feet and dirty lives and dirty situations and say, you know what? Just like what we've been talking about all morning, you know what? There is, there is nothing that my God can't fix. There is nothing that my God can't do. And you know what is so great about that? Is God could snap his fingers, take care of it, do it all, and be done. But he has called us and you and me to be servants, to be feet washers, to participate and be a part of the restoration and the healing and the things that God wants to do. He's called us to do that. So let's pray. Let's commit ourselves as a family, as, as individuals, to do those things. And, and I'm going to pray for you, but I also want you to be open to what the Holy Spirit is saying. For some of you, he's going to say, listen, it, it's time that you start serving your spouse again. Yeah, you, you did a really good job when you were dating her. <laughs> you served her then, but now you have begun to serve only yourself and not that individual that God has given you. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's, it's your teachers or parents, whatever it is, I don't know. But you want a great relationship, you want greatness, Jesus says you serve. You serve. So Father, we come to you right now. And Jesus, we thank you first of all. We thank you that you have called us into a life of servant. You've called us to be a laborer for you a worker for you. And in that, you've called us to serve. In that, you've called us to wash the feet of those around us. And Father, listen, we're, we're not going to do a, a foot washing. We're not going to, but you know what? We're going to commit ourselves to you to be a part of that. We can start doing these three things today. We can know that, you know what, it's not about a title. It's not about what, what I have in front of my name. What I want is a towel. What I want is a need. What I want is a, a dirty situation that I can be used by you, God, to fix. God, I can start right now by loving those in my household. I can start by loving my parents, no matter if they're here in Colorado or they're halfway across the world. I can find ways to love. I can find ways to serve. I can find ways to do that. And God, I need to grow in you not so that I can sit on my spiritual high horse, but so that you can use me to an even greater extent. Father, these are three things we can start right now. We can commit to you right now. And Father, I pray that every single individual that's here, that's watching online, that Father, we would commit to you right now. You know what? I'll do these three things. I will start walking in the path of Jesus. 
I will walk in his footsteps and follow him because he has commanded me to do these things. Father, let that be a promise that we make not between us and our spouse or us and our kids or us and who, but between you and us. Father, I know if we do these things, you will open doors and opportunities to do and to serve. And so, Father, I pray not only that, but you would open avenues and doors in every aspect of our life to serve and love those you place in our path. We love you and we thank you. You're so good. Let's all stand. John and the worship team are going to come and lead us in a quick closing chorus and then we'll close. What's great about a message like this, from my perspective, is looking out and seeing you and, and, and knowing the type of people that you are, you know, online as, as, as well. I, there, there is a joy in my heart because I know we can do this, you know? I know we can do this. I know that we can, can take this step together and, and make an impact in, in, in marriages and in relationships and in our church and in our community. I know we can do this. Sometimes, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll, I'll hear a message and I'm just like, oh my goodness, it's like my head explodes. Like, how are we gonna bring this? Yeah, I, I, yeah. And then I look at this and I go, we can do this with God's help, especially. We can, we can do awesome things. We can see marriages absolutely restored we can see relationships between between kids and parents absolutely restored and changed and i mean this is great exciting stuff that god wants us to be a part of but remember remember we don't have a lot of time we don't have a lot of time 
So we need to be busy, loving and serving every individual that we can. Even the hard ones, even the Judases and the Peters in our lives. And it's going to show people Jesus. It's going to show them that we have been changed, that we were once dead in our sin, but now we are alive in Christ. And there's action to prove it. All right? Action to prove it. So I know we can do it. I know you can do it. So be encouraged. Father, we love you and we thank you. And God, I pray that we would begin today. Maybe it's with the server at the restaurant. Maybe it's with our, when we're home or how we handle uh, the kids or whatever. Whatever it is, Father, we can begin today. And Father, I pray that you would give us opportunity today to be great in your eyes and in your kingdom. We love you and we thank you. You're so good. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Wow. Thanks for being here this morning. I hope that you have a wonderful week. Enjoy your Labor Day for those that are online. We love you. We miss you. We hope you're doing well. If you ever need anything, whether you're here this morning or you're online, please let us know. We want to be there for you, but um, uh, we need to know what that is. So help us in that area, but we love you. We're excited about all that God is doing, and we're so excited that you're here this morning and are a part of our family and a part of our service. So we love you. We'll talk to you soon. Everybody else, again, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.